Let us pray. Oh God, we turn our hearts towards you in this time. We turn our, our full attention to you as best we can. We seek to, um, to turn our focus towards you in worship. As we have um, no doubt gone through many different things over the course of the last week. Many different things have affected our hearts, have, have grabbed our attention. But now, God, we come and, and seek to hear from you. To know what it is that you would have to say to us today. You would show us the, the next step, the, the next way uh, to be leaded by you. And most of all, God, I, I pray that just in these moments we could know your deep, dear love for every person. Every person in this room, every person who's worshiping online. And we could just know your love for us. We love you. We come here to praise you, God, but it's because you first loved us. And so we thank you, God, that we can rest in these moments, uh, that we can be present uh, together in worship, and that we can recognize your presence here with us. So help us, God, we pray. Heal us. You know our hearts. You know the places where we're aching and even feel like we're, we're breaking down. Come, Holy Spirit, be our comforter, restore us. We marvel that you have called us your chosen people, that you've invited us uh, to follow Jesus, to go where he goes, to live as he lives. So let this worship time be a formative moment where, where we're being formed more like you, more into the likeness of Christ, learning and growing even changing, being transformed through the Holy Spirit. We join our voices together now, God, praying the Lord's Prayer. I invite everybody to pray with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, good morning. It's great to welcome you to Providence Church or welcome you back to Providence. My name is Jacob Armstrong. I'm one of the pastors and we are so glad that you are here. So a special and warm welcome to you if you are a guest here with us. Thanks for uh, joining us. And, and yeah, as I was praying, it's just... Um, our, our heart's desire, this church's desire, that, that you would know that you are loved by God. Uh, and I know that there are many different things going on in your life. Um, and you're showing up today or showing up online. Uh, your presence is just a way of opening up, I hope, to, to God's love in your life. To, to knowing that, that you're a dearly loved child of God. I've got a whole bunch of other things that I want to say to you. But I just want, want, want you to know that our God is kind and compassionate. Uh, you have not run too far. You're not too far gone. You're not too far down in the pit. It's, it, it, it is not a complete darkness that will cover you. There is hope in Jesus, and we're so glad uh, that you are here. Last uh, Saturday night, I got sick uh, overnight. I was supposed to be here on Sunday morning to, to preach, but I was just, I was feeling really 
really uh, bad. And I set an alarm for 4 a.m. because I just knew I was going to be doing better by the time it came time to preach. So I set this alarm for 4 a.m. and I was not doing better uh, at 4 a.m. So I, I got up and I kind of checked in the mirror, you know, I was like to see if this was for real. I looked at this guy in the mirror at four o'clock and I was like, nobody wants to see that uh, today. Uh, but it was, it was hard for me. Um, um, I was very eager to come and, and I, just, I just couldn't, you know, I ran up against those, those limitations and I wanted to preach three times. We had an important meeting at church that afternoon. And so I don't know if you've been there, but I was, so I was frustrated. I was like fr- frustrated and sick, right? Frustrated and, and sick. And um, everybody I texted, so I had to text Mark at like 4.30. I'm like, you're up, pal. You know, uh, you, know you got two hours and, and he was gracious about that. But everybody, uh, I had to text a few other people and everybody was like, what you need to do, Jacob, is you need to rest. And what I thought every time I got that, I thought, you rest. You know, it's like I was frustrated. I didn't want to be in that, in that place. It's like my human limitations had messed up my plan my plan for the day, my plan for what I wanted to do. So then after, after church, everybody starts texting me, you know, you know good intentions are like, hey, Mark's sermon was great. I'm like, that's a, great. Um, and, uh, and then they would say like, because what Mark preached on was Sabbath, stopping, resting, taking care of yourself, you know? And so everybody texts me like, hey, Jacob, maybe that sermon was for you. And I was like, maybe it was for you. You know, <laughs> I was just, I was frustrated. I was, fr- I was, my human limitations messed up what I wanted to do. And I laid in bed for a couple of days because I was limited. And I'm sharing that with you because today I know that I'm probably talking to some people who also are running fast and running hard and also feel the weight of things on you and maybe are even feeling the extent of your own human limitations. And I want to share with you today seven scriptures where Jesus stopped and rested and took care of himself. And the reason I give that intro is because I know for some of you it's going to be a kind of annoying. It's going to be frustrating. Because when you're moving so hard in a certain way and you, like me, find it like, I don't, I can't really, uh, I can't have anything stop me right now, you know. I've got too much that's going on. We're going to look and I plan to convince you that Jesus' life was just as demanding as yours, that he has just as much a call and a mission on his life as you do, uh, that he had as, as many people that he needed to take care of and places that he needed to get, and he still found this way uh, to stop. So the first thing is that we stop because we are limited. Jesus stopped because he had physical human limitations. Uh, now, Jesus really wasn't limited in that he was God, but he chose and submitted himself to human flesh in a way that he did experience human limitations. Let me read you this verse from John chapter 4, verse 6. Jesus was going through Samaria, and it says, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. So Jesus, the reason he stopped in this instance is because his body was tired because he wanted a drink of water. He asked someone for a drink of water. The disciples in this moment go and get lunch. He needed to be fed. He was physically limited and Jesus stopped because he had physical limitations and you do too and you should stop sometimes too. Some of you I know are here today because you really need to hear from God. 
Like you, you need God to speak into your life. You need a word from God. Um, and we actually believe that we worship a living God, a God who still has something to say, a God who has the ability to connect with our hearts. There's a verse that says God connects with us deep unto deep, spirit unto spirit. And so those places, those things that only you know, the things that, are, that you're feeling and going through, God actually has the ability to meet you there, to connect with you and to speak with you. And so I know that one of the, maybe one of the reasons you're here is you've got some stuff going on and you need God's help. You need some interaction with God, some answers for God to say something to you. And one of the reasons we stop is to consult with God. That's like, uh, I know sometimes one of the reasons we're here in weekly worship is we're stopping and we're trying to get some moment where we could, we could actually hear from God. Check out this verse from Luke chapter six. This is what we're gonna do this morning. I'm gonna tell you a thing. We're gonna look at the scripture back and forth. You're gonna love it. It's, it's, going, it's going great so far. Um, this verse is Luke six. says, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. The verses are all gonna sound a lot like that. They all sound very similar because Jesus has a rhythm and pattern in his life. So in this one, on one of those days, Jesus goes to a mountainside to pray. He spends the night praying to God. What happens in verse 13 right after this is Jesus comes down the mountain and he calls by name his first 12 followers, the first apprentices, the first disciples. And so it follows logically to think that while Jesus was up on the mountainside, he was consulting with God. Who's going with me, God? Who should I call? Who's gonna say yes? And so Jesus has this answer in this way of knowing what to do because he took the time away. And so sometimes we do that. We need to stop and consult with God. However, so often I feel like we're making lots of decisions, not based on reflection and consultation with God, but we're just making decisions as best we can come up with as we rush through our lives. And that's a lot of times how life goes. But there are moments when we need to stop. We really need to hear. We really need to know um, that God has something to say to us. This morning, this is crazy. I, I wasn't sure I would share this, but uh, this morning I, can't, I pulled out of my driveway. I'm in my driveway. I'm coming here. It's still dark. And I, I just backed out of my garage. I'm coming into the driveway. And there is a fox standing right in front of me. In my, I'm in my truck. And I was like, what are you doing, Mr. Fox? You know, it's like, what? This is a strange thing to happen. Just have a fox standing in your driveway in suburban Mount Juliet looking at me. And um, so I put the truck in park and I said, God, do you have something you want to say to me in this weird moment? <laughs> I know this sounds crazy, but, and this is, what I, this is what I felt God say to me. Just like in my heart, I felt God say, I love you, Jacob. I just felt God said he loved me. And there's a fox in my driveway. And it sounds even weirder now that I'm sharing it with you guys. <laughs> but I wonder, I wonder if our God is not that intentional. If he doesn't want to show up to us in ways that would get our attention. I wonder. The God that I know and learn about seems to know me and desire to be connected with me. And I wonder if there are ways that God is showing up to us where a lot of times we just keep going but if we stopped, you may hear a theme, but, and this wasn't even a theme in my sermon, it's just something God's putting on my heart right now. It's like, I feel like God is really wanting us to know how much he loves us, that he's kind to us, he's compassionate about what we're going through, that he actually cares, <laughs> that we worship a God who cares about us and cares about our lives. So Jesus stopped to consult with God, we should too. 
I'll try to stick to my notes for the rest. No more Fox stories. So the next one is we stop to set an example. We stop to set an example for others. Jesus' rhythm of stopping in his life became a a teaching for others. We're still watching his life. Listen to this verse. Mark 6, 31 says, Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, what that means is there were so many people around the disciples, they missed lunch or they had to skip lunch. He said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. This is a hard one, but again, Jesus' rhythm of rest and renewing is teaching those around us. And so we have to ask ourselves, what are we teaching with our lives? Once you you decide to be a follower of Jesus, a disciple, not only are you a pupil and you are learning, you are now a classroom for other people to watch. We had an amazing thing, a, a beautiful couple who was baptized at the last service, 45 years old, and they just heard and learned about Jesus and came to know him as, as Lord and Savior. And they had their people here, right? Their people were here watching, and now already their life is a classroom where people are looking at the example of what they're going to do. And we're not always going to get it right, but I think we need to wonder, what are we teaching those around us? If our laptop is always open, right? If you're constantly on the phone, if every time you're at home, you're rushing to get to the next thing, if people have to wave their hand in front of you to get their, your attention, you're actually conducting a class on how to stay busy and worn out, and you're teaching other people how to do that. We're teaching people that that's the thing to do, that it's the way to go. And Jesus has a different way. I've told you guys many times, but one of the things that I treasure about my job is that I get to sit with people who are near the end of their lives. And I feel like it's something that I need to share because not many people get to do that. There are very few professions, maybe only even a couple that just actually sit with people and stop in those moments. It's something that I really treasure. And what people talk about when they're near the end is not what I would have thought of at first. So I want to tell you, um, I want to tell you what people don't talk about. I very rarely have people talk to me. I've talked to a couple of people this week. I very rarely have, a, have people talk to me about their job. They don't talk about promotions. I never can think of someone talking about an award they won. I've never heard anyone talk about crushing it in their 40s to reach this new level in their career, which is not to say those things aren't important. They actually are. Uh, they, they're important for our families. They're important for retirement. They're important for stability. I'm just saying it's not what people are talking about when they have two hours to go, okay? And what I found that people talk about is, I'll try to explain it, is time. Time, like holding their babies for the first time. Or that school play when they rushed in from work and they got to hear her solo just in time. Sisters talk about sharing memories of the time when they shared a bathroom or the, the time they, they got in an argument or the, 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 some, someone talked about some trip they took in college. They won't say what happened, but their eyes lit up in laughter. You know, like, I want to know. People talk about how every Friday they sat on the porch with their family or threw horseshoes in the yard or had dinner at grandma's. Yeah, there's lots of talk about grandma's. Grandma's. Because I think grandmas and grandpas, by the time they get there, have had a little bit of a window into understanding the value of time. And so they create these moments that are still talked about. And so people do talk about the prayer that grandpa prayed at Thanksgiving. Or they talk about when grandma invited them into the kitchen to learn how to make the blackberry cobbler that everybody wondered what the recipe was. If you can see what I'm getting at is people who are near death don't talk about death. They talk about life. And it really isn't something in a bank account or an accomplishment as much as it is about moments of time, the preciousness of it. And so we can start teaching people right now what is cherished 
is found in time. The first thing that God called holy before a holy temple or, or even a holy people was a day, a moment when God stopped. The word in Hebrew is Sabbath. And so if you're in a season where you're so busy you can't even remember to eat, then maybe you can relate to some of the disciples. When that happened, when Jesus noticed that they didn't have lunch, he said, hey, guys, let's get away. Let's go in the boat. (laughs) Jesus stopped to set an example, and we should too. In that, Jesus showed us that we need to stop to recharge uh, here's another verse. It says, after leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. So there's all these moments where people are like taking the energy from Jesus, you know, taking from him. And he's giving it freely and, and lovingly. But then he would say, I need a break. And he would go up to this mountain. He had a place uh, where he would go. And you'll see from this sermon today, every, all of us need a mountain house or a boat, okay? I think that will solve a lot. One dude in the lobby just got me with that. He's like, I'm telling my wife I'm getting a boat. And it's like, Why are you here? Anyways, uh, so (laughs) I I, want to keep reinforcing that Jesus wasn't a recluse, right? Jesus wasn't, um, he didn't have a bunch of free time. He was living a demanding life in the most demanding season that he would ever be on. He was on a mission. He had a call. He had a purpose. He said he set his fates to Jerusalem. He knew he was going to the cross to do the most important thing that he could do. But in the meantime, there's all these people coming around him. Nobody could have seen themselves as more important or more busy. And yet there would be times when Jesus would say, I need to just get away A Christian psychologist named Dr. Aliota calls what Jesus was doing productive rest. I've heard it said that uh, uh, in the scriptures we learn that you can actually accomplish more in six days than than could be done in seven. There's something about the stopping that's productive and recharging. But sometimes I feel like we're so depleted that what we're trying to do is balance everything. We're trying to hold everything. Well, Jesus did not live a balanced life. If that's what you're seeking after, I actually think uh, the goal of a balanced life, I think, is a lie. I don't think we can do it. And it's not the example. Jesus didn't live a balanced life. He was a dynamic uh, leader and going and going, but he knew that he had to have this rhythm of stopping. That's different than trying to hold all the things at the same time. It's saying at sometimes I have to let everything down so that I can go and be with my Lord. So Jesus stopped to recharge. You should too. Jesus stopped to leave the crowd. Mark 4, 36, we hear about the boat again, leaving the crowd behind. The disciples took him along just as he was in the boat. Remember, Jesus is teaching us, okay? He's teaching us. We're practicing his way. What is he doing? He's showing us that there are some times, even if your life is people, Jesus' life was people and giving his life to people, but there was times, even as a people person, that he left the people. He left the crowd behind. Uh, and this is a permission giver to us. It's a freedom to us to mean that the, w- the way that we will better say yes to people is to know the time when we have to say no. And, and again, I'm trying to remind you because I, I, I think we think, look, man, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in the season of my life where I'm raising kids. I'm in the season of my life where you know, sickness did not come on schedule. All those kind of things still fit into the way that Jesus is offering to us a way to stop, to leave the crowd behind. Sometimes we should do that sometimes. Jesus stopped to pray. Mark 1.35 says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus shows us that prayer is a priority in his life. 
And, and, and so we see that one of the best things that we can do is stop to pray. And sometimes to do that, we'll have to get up early while it's still dark. Now, I know, you know, we start talking about this. You're like, man, I'm not a good prayer. I don't know how to pray. I've always tried to pray. I'm not saying like, what I'm saying is, could you get up for a few minutes and talk to God and listen? Or when moments, when something seems to come into your attention, could you stop and say, God, do you have something to say to me? Perhaps God just wants to tell you that he loves you. And so making a few minutes in the morning to pray could be a starting place in this Sabbathing, this stopping, this practice. If we're wanting to walk in the way of Jesus, to learn under him, we will put planned times into our life to pray, to talk to God. Jesus stopped to pray, we should too. And then the final one that I have for you is that Jesus stopped to grieve. It seems odd, but we see Jesus was intentional about creating space to grieve. Let me read you this verse. It's when um, uh, Matthew 14, it says, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. When Jesus heard what happened? Well, if you looked in Matthew 14, you would see that Jesus just learned that his cousin John has died. He just heard about it. And um, probably like you, I've encountered deep loss in my family and people that I love. And when that happens, there is an initial shock and confusion. It's hard to know what to do. And you certainly don't just start grieving. You're just kind of doing and going. But Jesus teaches us that even when we experience great loss, when he learned that he would never see John again on this earth, he stole away to grieve to create space for his heart to deal with his loss. We have many losses that we don't grieve because we have no time for it. And so one reason that we should stop is to grieve. And another way of saying that, I just want to give you a caution, is that if you stop, you may find that you grieve. You may find that there's some things that are, that are grieving there. Uh, last weekend, I uh, took a long drive to Johnson City uh, for one of the most beautiful funerals that I'd ever been to. And uh, I was driving there, and I really enjoyed the drive, the beauty of it, the four hours that I was able to be alone. I knew that it was a stopping time for me. And it was interesting that there was a point in time there that I turned on some music, some bluegrass music. I was listening to my tunes, East Tennessee, connecting with my roots, you know. And um, I just started to cry. And I thought, what in the world? How can you cry to the sound of a banjo? Some of you are like, it's easy. Uh, but I, I like it. I like it. And what I realized is that I had some things to grieve that I had not grieved when I really paid attention to my heart. People and th- losses and things that I've gone through, even some things that aren't the loss of people, but that are still feeling like things are, are changed in my life forever and Jesus stopped to grieve, and we should too. People will come here all the time, and they'll cry at different times uh, in the sermon. That's not a joke, uh, but, you know, they'll just find themselves crying, and maybe afterwards will say, I don't know why I'm crying. And I'll say, I don't know either, um, but maybe it's because you stopped in the presence of God. And so I invite you this morning to stop for a moment and kind of listen to your heart. 
We've embarked as a church on a journey to practice the way of Jesus. And there's no way around this, guys. If we're gonna follow in his way, we will have to have rhythm in our life where we stop and listen and encounter, where we believe that God still speaks, that we can have a consultation with God and he can have a word for us right now. It sounds crazy in this world, but that's the spiritual realm that we're living in. And I think the way that it is most encountered is when we steal away when we're intentional enough to do so. I still remember when God told me that I was going to die. Y'all still listening? It sounds weird, but I, I had uh, taken some time off. This is how I used to roll. I'd taken a few vacation days to go do some more work, work on a project that I was working on. I wanted to write this uh, great book, you know? And so I rented this house near Cookville and I was sitting at a table just by myself. I was gonna start on the book. I was gonna listen to God. And so I was listening to God it was November 15th, 2020. And this is what God said to me, you're going to die. And I thought, that doesn't sound like a very good book. <laughs> you know, <laughs> thanks for that, God. But I, I listened a little longer. And I actually have a picture of my journal entry because I wanted you to know this was for real. I just heard God say to me, you're going to die either on the inside or the outside if you continue to resist and not practice the Sabbath. Sabbath was something on my mind, something we had talked about here for the couple years before this, Rachel and I had been trying to figure that out in the midst of our busy lives and we weren't doing that good at it. And I just felt God speak to me a simple direct message when I thought I was supposed to be working on something else. And I heard God just say, you really need to do this, Jacob. And I didn't listen. I didn't listen to God, uh, not intentionally. I wasn't like, whatever God, I was like, okay, God, that sounds great. And then I kept on going, kept on pushing, kept thinking I was critical to everything that needed to happen, that all you guys needed me every second and all those kind of things with very good intentions. You know what I've learned over the last few years? Good intentions don't mean you're being obedient to God. Now, when you get a word from God, you need to be obedient to it. You need to listen. Because God is not trying to set up some kind of situation. Uh, this was not God saying, if you don't do this, I'm going to kill you. This was God saying, if you don't do this, you're going to kill yourself. <laughs> the goodness and the kindness of God. It doesn't make you a hero to almost work yourself into the ground. It makes you almost dead. <laughs> and so that's why I like to say that one of the evil one's best tricks is just to keep you moving. Keep you going. Keep going around and around. Because if we, can keep, if we can keep thinking that it all relies on us or it will all fall apart if we stop, we'll miss the truth, which is actually that if we stop, it won't all fall apart. That God is holding everything together. And so I share you that word as sort of a confession to you to say, this is not something I have down. I am not preaching to you as an expert on this but as someone who really wants to follow in the way of Jesus and it's unavoidable, there's verse after verse after verse where Jesus in the midst of his busy demanding call by God, he said, I gotta go on the boat. I gotta go up the mountain. You guys didn't even eat lunch. Let's go away for a little while. And so I want you to hear this verse again. It's what uh, Mark shared with us last week. Matthew 11 says, these are the words of Jesus. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. So he's saying, all of you who are tired, listen up. Come to me and I will give you rest. But it's even better than that. Listen to what he says next. He says, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you. He doesn't expect for us to get this right now or to have it all down. 
He expects us to need help. He expects us to need to talk about it, to, to work on it, to make mistakes. But he says, let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. You know, this is the only place where Jesus self-expresses his own character. And he says, I am humble and gentle at heart. And he says, and you will find rest for your souls. And so if you're here today and you are in need of rest, not just rest for your body, but rest for your souls, uh, you have come uh, into the presence of a Jesus who's saying, learn from me. I wanna, I wanna give you that kind of rest. And so in closing, let's pray. I just wanna invite you uh, to close your eyes and bow your head just so you can kind of have your own moment where it's just you. And I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand, but you don't really even need to raise your hand for real because nobody's looking. I just like in your heart, I'm gonna ask you to just kind of indicate to God if this is you, okay? So if you need rest, I just want you to, you know, raise your hand to God, raise your heart to God. If you're like, oh, I'm stopping right now. I feel really tired. Like the kind of tired a vacation won't, <laughs> won't fix. And hear Jesus say, come to me. I will give you rest for your soul. So that's one indication to say, I need rest. And the other is this, if you know, just by hearing us, uh, Jesus is hard to, you know, it's hard to kind of capture who he was, but if just hearing his name a bunch this morning, you're like, I know I need Jesus. I just invite you to lift that up to God in your heart. Just say, I need you, Jesus. I need you. I need you. promise to you that there's power in just saying to Jesus that you need him. So God, come meet us as we say, we need rest. We need you. We thank you, God, for uh, the promise that you're going to walk through us in life. And we pray in this worship time that there's a special permission to stop, to take care of ourselves, to rest, to Sabbath. As we come to the table for Holy Communion, we pray that it would be for us the body and blood of Christ that as we receive this simple uh, meal, that it could be a way of filling us, nourishing us, even uh, giving restoration to our souls. We believe that you can act in that way, God. So let our communion with you be a holy time, a Sabbath, a moment. In Jesus' name, amen.